So I managed to talk this dude, uh, Corey, into going seeing Danish film with me. You big fan of Danish films, Corey? Where was Apan or The Ape made? Somewhere like that. Oh, I gotta see that film. It sounds so good. I'm a fan of Scandinavian films. No, nah, I, I didn't see um, I didn't see Kitchen Stories, even though I've rented it a couple of times. So this is one of the writers from Red Road, but m more importantly, this is from the duo that made uh, Open Hearts and After the Wedding. More importantly, a Mads Mikkelsen film, which everybody should check out. After the Wedding, the same chick who directed it, same dude who wrote it. Chick director, um, that's rare. Yeah. Susan Bear, there's a new new film um, called In a Better World or, or Civilization or, or <laughs> The Revenge. We're getting good at that. <laughs> it's starting this week and it's about who cares. I'm seeing it. We haven't done the housework. Welcome to episode four. Big Screen Auckland. <laughs> I'm Corey. He loves housework. I'm Nige. And yeah, that's right. So we're talking about that film with, with three names. I'm not dragging him. But he had no choices for this. I'm rabid about this film. I know nothing about it. He's got him. nothing he's rabid about, so I'm dragging him to this this week. I'm in a vacuum, which I like going to. There's nothing better than not seeing the trailer, not seeing this, and not seeing that, and getting a recommendation from someone who you know has a good taste in film. It's going to be awesome. My review is going to be from the slate, whereas he's going to be coming from a biased look. But, I mean, the Oscars have picked it up as a nod, haven't they? They have. Yeah, so... It's up against Dogtooth. You like Dogtooth. Yeah, man. I like Dogtooth. Everyone that's seen Dogtooth like Dogtooth. In fact, no, wait. forget what we're talking about. Go watch Dogtooth. There were, there were little Greek ladies sitting behind me at the screening, and, and they didn't like it at all. <laughs> <laughs> they read the brochure and were like, oh, Greek film. That'll be awesome. We'll see the old country. Oh. They should have seen In a Better World, a.k.a. Civilization, a.k.a. The, the Revenge. Like us, right now. Sweet, let's go. So we went and saw uh, In a Better World, which also goes by the name Civilization, or also goes by the name The Revenge. Which uh, which title do you think fit it best, Corey? Oh, the Revenge one could have worked. There was a lot of revenge happening in there. Mm. Based almost entirely on revenge, one could say. Mm. A running theme, no doubt. It was good. Half set. And do, you want, do you want to run through the plot? I think I've said that for every film we've done so far. I'm a one-page uh, yeah, yeah, one book. I'm not so much a plot guy, so... Shoot. Well, I mean, there's a doctor working in working in Africa, like uh, fixing up some villages, and then he, he goes back home, and he's got a family there, and there's another boy with another family, and those boys go to school together, and there's some bullies, and the kids have parent issues each. There's some revenge plots jump in there. It was characters, characters all over the show. You know, good. in the intro, you said you were going in totally blind. Yeah, totally blind. But whereas I'd be reviewing it from a, a biased point of view. Oh, but the R word. I was totally, I didn't realize, I didn't realize I was totally blind too. I'd read up about the director and the writer, both of whom I've trusted previously, that yeah. both proved themselves to me. I actually had no idea what this was about. I hadn't read a single word or seen a trailer or anything. Oh, awesome. That's exactly yeah. what I like doing, and I got to go to this. I went to it because it was the Oscar nod, and you should go see this if you're the sort of person that likes going to Rialto films and seeing foreign films. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah, this is a good foreign film. Yeah, it's going to be hard to topple dog too. We haven't seen, we've, we've only seen uh, three of the five up for best foreign film. I'm going to rattle off what I liked about it. Okay. Uh, without trying to use the word juxtaposition. The differences between the scene shot in Africa, large cinemascape type, warm colours, everything looked dirty and grimy. I'm not talking about the, the action. The action was pretty good all the way through, actually. It wasn't one of those, <clears throat> one of those foreign films where they're like, um, here's a shot of a forest for five minutes. It had a plot. There was a lot to follow. It was, it was my sort of film. There was things going on. Things to try and figure out. How's it going to be connected? Not so distorted like Babel, where nobody knows anybody until the very last minute when you see it all. Like, everyone knew each other by midway through. 
but all the scenes shot in Africa versus all the but all the scenes shot in Denmark, which was quite cold and and grey and based in a city as opposed to like school corridors and things like that, as opposed to the wide open African villages. I liked that. I thought that was very cool, and I liked the boys acting. I thought they were all acting pretty good for kids. Yeah, yeah, acting is good all around. And the two dads, the African, the doctor dad as well, uh, especially. Or actually, no, I didn't like the relationship between Christian and his father. I thought that was a bit jaded. But it all came out as some catharsis at the end there. I thought the relationship between Christian and his dad was too caricatured, too cartoony. Be an angry boy. Oh, I didn't like Christian. I thought everything he did was too... Pronounced. Yeah. Yeah, he was like, he, he, he walked evilly. <laughs> like... Yeah, like Ratface. Ratface at first, I didn't like him. I thought he was acting too... Nancy Pamberley, until I realised, no, it was, it was pretty good. He, he yeah, was I thought he was awesome. And and I think the dynamics with his family, with his mother and his father, how he related to them, how they related to each other, how each of them related to the rest of the world, was all so subtle and unexpected. And, uh, yeah, I loved it. Man. Yeah, it was pleasant. It was pleasant. There were a lot of contrasts. Christian, his dad, versus Ratface and his dad. And then similarities. Differences and similarities, I suppose, was how would you raise your kids if you... Yeah, like in a bit of world there'd be no bullies maybe, or oh, I enjoyed it, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the beating of the uh, kid in the school. That was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. And I enjoyed the, the African stuff as well, like the, with, the, with the, the gangster and stuff. Yeah, that was all good. All the yeah. African stuff was there great. There was heaps of good stuff. In there. It really was a yeah. good film, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it, was, <laughs> no, it was a really good film. Really good film. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Thanks for recommending it to me. Go the Oscars. Oh, good. Uh, it's not what I've come to expect, though, from these Scandinavian films. I've seen a whole bunch of them. All You know, all Lars von Trier's stuff, like mm. um, Breaking the Waves, Dancer in the Dark, Dogville. And then I'll all his... Um, dog, too. Yeah. The Celebration, or Red Road, or After the Wedding, or Troubled Water. And they're all such... The thing I love about them is they're all, like, so fucking rugged. Like, really emotionally challenging. Like, they all make you think about things you've never thought about and just go... Fuck, what would I do if I was there? Well, there was a little bit of that. There, there was very, very close to it. The whole thing with the uh, the father getting slapped. Oh. I was loving the shit out of that yeah. and couldn't wait to see where it went. That's where my disappointment came in. What even happened to Lars, the mechanic guy? That never ever finished. Or the, well, he the, was pretty integral to the end of it, but he wasn't part of it. That's the story I wanted to see. Or, alternatively, I wanted to see after the gang leader was taken down a peg, what happened then to that medical centre. To that camp, yeah. Like, because they said as soon as we take one out, another one will step in its place. Like, is that what happened? I wanted to see the retaliation. Or those were the challenging things that I was like, I know this writer, I know this director, watch this. They're going to send us on a fucking roller coaster that's going to be so gripping. Yeah, it wasn't. They followed the children more, and I was, I hate to say let down, let down such a strong phrase, but... Oh, okay. It wasn't as strong as the other ones. I thought we were going to get a film, you know, what what do you see first? You see the African village first, then you see thing, and then it moves heavily to the kids, and I thought, oh, here we go, a whole film about the kids. We're never going back to that African village. We're never going to see Lars again. Um, But they did. They went back and showed you what happened to that bad guy. There was Father 3. They showed you what happened to Lars. Mm-hmm. Um, the dad went around and taught him that lesson, so to speak. Yeah, I got more out of it than you, maybe. Yeah, it's fine. No, I'm still saying it's, it was yeah, good. I wasn't expecting it to go places, and when it went places, I was pleasantly surprised. Mm. You're expecting it to go more places, and when it didn't, yeah, but you suffered from expectations. Yeah, I suppose. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Lucky I've never seen his other stuff. Her other stuff. But if, this is the if fourth. I had to name all my female directors, it would be now her and James Cameron's misses. <laughs> ex <laughs> misses. Man, how good was that fucking scene in the mechanics? Yeah. yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that was that guy must have been a good actor to hit him like that. Like that's yeah. 
not just to take it, but the whole thing, yeah. See, that's the stuff I was enjoying. So much. It was so much more raw than, like, the stuff with, you know, the dad on top of the silo. That's the kind of stuff I'd seen in an American film. Yeah. The stuff at the mechanics, that's why I watch Scandinavian. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, like a large one tree, awkward thing to watch. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. Like, oh, oh, this what, is what's, challenging. This is. It's making me squirm. I don't know how can to. Can I say visceral? Can there's a can yeah, I yeah, chuck yeah. visceral yeah, in visceral. here? I'm not sure how to use that word. No, but. it was a visceral experience. No, I don't have to use it that way either. This was really good. I really did enjoy it. I enjoyed it greatly. Cool. So that's a recommendation, but it won't beat Dogtooth. Oh, Just watch. Well, Dogtooth's not even <laughs> out. I'd say it's the best foreign film out there, which is going to be funny because we're now about to talk about the second film we've seen this week, Outside the Law. Give us the gist of why we went and saw that. Now, Outside the Law, I do have to make a, a slight apology for last week. I, I did say we were going to go and see it, and it was about three brothers coming up through a crime family. In a better world, we both went in blind. This one was worse than blind, because I'd actually given you the incorrect synopsis. I said we were going to see a French crime family. I was totally expecting Corsican <laughs> Mafia and things like that. And, uh, it was not that. No. It had the same sort of feelings. It had negative effects on the family and stuff. It just didn't have gangster scenes. It had everything else but gangster scenes. You could say it was similar. They, so it was French Film Festival, right? Also up for yeah. an Oscar. This, yeah, this falls in both categories. This is up against Dogtooth and In a Better World as well. Plus, it's part of the it's the kind of the ending of the Auckland French Film Fest. But it's it's a French film with a French director, I imagine. The whole film's about the Algerian Revolution in France, and it was first part was set in Algeria, then it was set in Algerian shanty towns on the on the outskirts of Paris. It starred an entirely Algerian cast. Even the bad guys they were, well, the good guys that were tracking them down or hunting them, whatever, were Algerians. Every single person had large Arab noses. I hope that's not racist, but they're all Algerian-looking dudes. All acting very, um, very cool. I enjoyed the shit out of this one. Loved it. I don't go to these enough. I get dragged along to these um, Oscar-nominated foreign films, and I, I want to slap Hollywood around and go, stop spending your money on effects and just write some good stories like the rest of the planet. But I see two foreign films a year. As opposed to 200 uh, Hollywood, that's that's a harsh call. But, well, um, that's funny that I, I drag you along, make you go and see these things, and then you enjoy them a lot more than I do. I don't know why I keep doing the dragging. I didn't uh, I didn't get much out of Outside the Law at all. I can't say it wasn't a good film. It just had nothing for me. Historical revolution stuff kind of bores me at the best of times. I felt this was way too long. At 2 hours 20, they could, that could have been 85 minutes, bro. Nah. Nah, only because it was boring you. I'm going to give a plot synopsis, a, a spoiler-free spoiler free synopsis, because the whole thing's a story of these three brothers. So, we missed the first 30 seconds. Oh, my God, don't tell the listeners we missed the first 30 seconds. <laughs> That's embarrassing. Here we are. We've got ourselves big screen awkward. We're like, big screen 90, 98%. We missed the first 2%. <laughs> now, we missed a minute. But um, it's an Algerian farming family or something. And they were evicted off their land. Obviously, um, by the looks of it, France, I can't remember the history. Someone will probably know more than me and I'll embarrass myself. But France took over Algeria. Maybe some uh, king or something sold them out for a pay packet, whatever the case may be. And this family were told to up and get off the land. And so they went to, um, they moved to some like city in Algeria. And they stayed till the boys, who were all young kids when they first started. Five minutes later, it's one of those films that rapidly goes. Every second minute is a subtitle on the screen going, a year later, six months later, ten years later, five years later, two years later. There was no Tarantino going back in time. It was his advancement. So the boys start young. Next thing you see them, um, they're living in a city and one's, one's involved in boxing and the other one's like in a political rally and the third one's disappeared. And then 10 years later, the third one's joined the um, French army. The second one's a junior gangster and the third one's in prison for political dissent. And then you go forward another couple of years. 
I thought it was really apt that we saw this at the same time that like people in Egypt are overthrowing their leader and people in Libya. It was a film about that. And, mm. you know, Charles de Gaulle was the um, the dude and like the jackal tried to kill him. He was pretty unpopular guy in France back then, I think. And the whole, like, the three spin off, the guy from the army comes back and he came back from Indochina war against Vietnam. And, and so he comes back with anti-revolutionary or revolutionary ideas, meets the brother from prison they move their way through. It was a it was a move your way up through the ranks movie. Just nice, you got the gangster part wrong. These two move up through the political party, and they all have these acronyms: FNL, and there's the ANC and the KG. Blood, you know, I love these three little acronym um, right. things. And the start of the film starts off. You know, they're given a political vote. By the end of it, they're firing machine guns. It's all very. It was good. I liked it. The action flowed nicely. There's one brother you don't give a shit about, and then he comes back in. He's very important. The mum. What a weird character the mum was. Yeah, I, to be honest, I know so little about the world, I could not have even picked where she was from. She was bizarre. Oh, neither, except they told us she was Algerian. No, I, I, look, I had problems with, I thought everything that happened on screen happened for a reason, like we were getting, it was too obviously done, uh, the snippets that we needed to push the story along. There was one really nice moment I liked, where two of the brothers were in the bus listening to American music. Yeah. That was the, uh, and it stood out like fucking dogs, bulls, man. There was no scenes, except for that one, with people just hanging out. These weren't characters, they were caricatures. Like, everything was done to push things along, especially the brother we didn't care about. Like, his, every time he was in it, he was just there to prove a point. Or, yeah. Or to drive the story. Or, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know, I got irritated. Because I didn't understand what was going but then on, you can't, I didn't even know what Algeria was. I never the, heard of Algeria. In the same sentence, you then can't say it's too long. You're like, they didn't waste a single inch of, of film. And telling the story, I agree with you. Every because they cluttered it with too much information that we took, we didn't need. Like how they got the plans to get into the police station or something. Can I cut all that out no. and actually got to know the characters better? Nah, you know, you didn't need to know those characters. That was a that was a history lesson rolled into a film. My two favorite things, loved it. Ah, yeah. No, that, that's that's what it was, and that's my complaint. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Like, I'm like, imagine they did a uh, movie on Julius Caesar and showed him partying the entire time. You'd be like, oh, I didn't show him how it took over half of Europe. We wanted to focus on character. Yeah, no, no, no. It was, it was totally one of those films. I don't know much about the filming or anything. I did like the shots. Lots of shots would start out windows and track forward, start somewhere and track. That seemed to be his thing, actually. Shot, track, and then there'd be the action. Uh, I liked it, though. There was one, there was a couple of action scenes. There was a lot of tense moments. Yeah, I like the history of it. I like films that span multiple decades. Like like Goodfellas almost. Or Casino, you know, and it, it finishes on that shot of Robert De Niro putting on his really weird glasses and living in the witness protection program in Florida. I mm. like I like that sort of thing. Yeah, no, that sounds more interesting than this one. No, oh, well, let's not compare Casino to uh, <laughs> to an Algerian film. But it was good. If you got a vague interest in that area in that uh, area, I'd recommend it to you. If you like seeing foreign Oscar nominated films, I'd recommend it. Nigel? Uh, the only thing I want to ask more about, what are, what's up with that guy's hand in his pocket? Oh, can we... Yeah, <laughs> man. He's, he's definitely the retarded, um, the retarded grocer. Quincampo. <laughs> well done. Comedian and producer. And he's Moroccan. Here I am, they're all fucking Algerians. Struck by a passing train, tripping 150k. Another young guy died. To his right arm doesn't work. And he's a fucking actor. You'd never think it's possible. I mean, what's his name got him with a hair lip? <laughs> yeah. Wow, I wonder if you meant to notice it more and be impressed that that's why he um, had this affinity for boxes and the pugilistic arts. <laughs> yeah, flash your head there, bro. <laughs>
pugilistic. I also really like Mossad, whatever his name is, not Mossad, the Israeli agency, but the, the older wartime brother, the enforcer brother, mm. the Algerian lurch. He was. Um, he was a monster. He was cool as well. Yeah. Like I liked his his arc. I hate saying things like that. I liked his arc though. Mm. Revolution, baby. Yeah, revolution. <laughs> so outside the law, also marked, I think, is the end of the French Film Festival for Auckland. I got another apology. Second apology for the week. I said I was going to see fr- seven at the French Film Festival. I only made it to four. One was cancelled. Two, I here come, here it comes. What happened to the other two? Hangover sleep. That's oh, all. Okay, just checking. I saw Joseph and the Girl, which is the one I said was probably going to be like um, Leon, about a, an old crew hiring a, a young girl to help him rob a casino. Mm-hmm. It totally, totally wasn't anything like that. It was pretty good, but it was it was a very quiet film, more like the American. Like um, uh, there was no action. There was uh, he didn't like guns and stuff. Pretty much the story was he gets out of jail. He's old and frail and grey, but he's going to carry out a job with his ex cellmate who left six months before he did. He goes to meet him and finds out that the cellmate had actually died and he'd left his feisty 22-year-old daughter in charge. And so the two of them have to team up. So not a 14-year-old girl, which would be cool like Leon, but a... Yeah, no, a 22-year-old. And she was a a dick. She was a mouthy bitch. She was a (laughs) bit of a a nymph. She was... Yeah, she wasn't enjoyable at all. Which is what sort of ruined the movie for me. There was lots of them hanging out in their big old mansion. They had this big old rundown mansion they hung out in. Um, those two and her boyfriend, which was Monsieur Lapadite from Inglorious Bastards, he was in there. Oh, nice. Pretty sure he's older than her as well. He's not 22. Yeah, but that's the sort of thing a uh, aggressive nymph would have in the whole of French. Yeah, yeah. Plus, he was probably suave as shit, was he? No, no, he was the rugger. I just need money. He was pushing around drums. Yeah. Oh, nice. But he, like um, Lester Diamond in Casino. Ah, ah. <laughs> Claims by James Wood High School. Oh, wait, there. Yeah, it was real good, but real quiet. But then they, that when the when the actual heist happened, I didn't like how it happened. I won't say more than that. But there was some nice side characters, and it was pretty nice. Uh, I also saw Five Brothers, which I, I'd really I would recommend to all y'all and Corey. Uh, okay, I got time to see it. Actually, back to what I was saying last week about how this relates to not only Auckland, even though we call it big screen Auckland, because um, often these things travel down the country. Mm. Uh, the French Film Fest is going to Wellington, so like um, if I had say a sister living in Wellington, she could go see these things. However, it's just been cancelled for Christchurch because of the giant earthquake. So, like, it's not our fault. We, <laughs> this is relevant to the entire country. Because mm. Auckland's the natural place to review films because they all come to Auckland first and then trickle down. This Sometimes is... they don't come here first. Some of these festivals are going, like, Wellington, Auckland, Christchurch. That's bullshit. I'll complain. I'll sort that out. <laughs> I'll sort that out. Five Brothers was a really good <laughs> film, but... I, I liked it because it started off not as a crime film. It started off, it was it was real snappy pacing and everything. It ran through all the five brothers. We had a restaurateur, a pharmacist, a school teacher, and a, a poker player. These four brothers and their mother, French Jews, just watching their lives and stuff and their little quibbles was really good. It was already a good film. It was already a great drama. Fifth brother turns up, oh, bullet was... in his gut, yeah. cops and gangsters chasing him. The other four joined together to help him out. Which I really like because they that none of them had any of that in their life. None of them are gangsters. None of them are anything. But they all had training in the Israeli army when they were younger. So they all had certain skills, marksmen and stuff. The, the French name, the literal translation is like the five fingers of the hand. And I think there's a much better fucking name than five brothers, which sounds like pasta sauce. The five fingers of the hand, even though they didn't like the fifth one that came along, they all came together and teamed up and made a fucking awesome army. Fought the awesome gangsters, they didn't give a fuck about the cops. They were, oh, it was great. 
It was really good. They worked harmoniously like a hand. Like a hand. I see what they did there. That's clever. <laughs> yeah. I wonder who decides what to translate them to. Probably the company that buys them off whoever. So like they, they release it at Cannes and then someone turns up and goes, I'll buy this, but I'll tell you what, you're going to name it. Mm-hmm. And they go, no, we're sticking to our guns. And then they sign the check and then they change the name of the film. So they're like, I spent a year making this movie called Like the Five Fingers of the Hand. Every single, like, every single yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck that. It's called Five Brothers. Yeah, he's like, no, you don't <laughs> understand. As I was directing each actor, I would yell at him and say, no, Pierre, uh, you are you are the ring finger. <laughs> oh, my God. Why am I doing a fucking terrible French accent? And the other one I saw was the Michel Gondry doco, A Thorn in the Heart, which he made about his auntie. Unfortunately, it was a bit of a dud. No offense, Michelle Gondry. I'm mad props, but I know I haven't liked your last two now. <laughs> your two this year, Green Hornet. But this wasn't about his auntie. This was for his auntie, with his auntie. It was Michelle Gondry in the countryside with his auntie. They go back through her school teaching days. They go and meet people that we don't know. She tells stories that we don't really find that funny. And It's a really fucking personal project, and I have no idea why they sent it out to cinemas. There's flashes of Gondry in there. There's a few bits of uh, a stop motion animation. There's some model trains. Like. How does he weave them in? Because often he just he never tries to seamlessly like in Science of Sleep he did. It, he was asleep and then he wasn't. Yeah. But sometimes you'll just see like a giant hand come out of nowhere, like cut shot. Yeah, this wasn't this. This was a normal documentary. In fact, most of the time Michelle Gondry was in front of the camera. But I mean, it, it certainly wasn't bad. It was about um, her and her school teaching days, how she lost her husband when her son came out of the closet and stuff like that. But honestly, it'd be like every 20 minutes, you'd get five seconds of animation or, or something. It wasn't a beautiful thing to watch. You couldn't look past the doco for the amount of Michelle Gondry visuals you got? Nah, nah. Or you got 30 seconds all up. Okay. So I really had to work on his own what you did. Yeah. Oh, I respect them for doing that for his auntie and that. If I was a famous filmmaker... And you had one auntie who'd had a bit of a life. Yeah. You'd just go, fuck it. I'm going to throw in the towel and I'm going to do that with you. Anyway, that was the French Film Fest. I only saw four out of the seven I was playing to, but um, I'd recommend Five Brothers. Corey would recommend Outside the Law. We also went and saw a doco, finally, um, at the Documentary Film Fest. Documentary Mich- Edge Film Festival. Documentary Edge Film Festival. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which we've been going on for a couple of weeks now. Actually, since we started, we've been telling people to go to the Doco Film Fest. But Machine Maidens Unleashed, about exploitation films made in the Philippines um, in the late 60s, early 70s. I mean, late 60s and 70s. And it was fun times. We took Jake, our uber film fan friend. Uh, that's some good alliteration. We all loved it. It was the sort of shit you see at the 24-hour movie marathon. It's the sort of thing you see late at night. And Timson would, I'm surprised he wasn't there. He's probably got a 35mm print. <laughs> no, it was real fun. It was real fun. I loved how there was always just something else, something else, when you just like, you all want to laugh and turn to each other and clink beers at like, how stupid was that? Can you believe how stupid it looked when his head just fell off? Before you can even think about turning around, there's something else stupid. Yeah, well, it worked naturally that way as well because they went through sort of each film with cuts to um, Talking Heads directors, famous directors as well. You read a bunch off um, on the website, but who was it? John Landis uh, did Blues Brothers. John Landis, the only one yeah. I. Uh, Roger Corman, and there's actors Sid Haig, Pam Greer, Ali Ermey. Ali Ermey is the um, instructor from Stanley Kubrick's Formula Jacket, so the first half of the movie is basically entirely him. <laughs> Pretty much, that's all you care about. That guy that went on to have that NCI, which is a shame because I don't know, was he only in Apocalypse Now? Yeah, probably. They that's would have asked. They asked everyone in every single movie. Like Sid Hayes said yes. 
or whoever it was, and then yeah, Emery said yes. But it was it did cover Apocalypse Now, but mainly it covered all the other shitty, shitty. It was just so cheap and dirty and nasty and fun. That goes back to what I was gonna say. It covered Apocalypse Now, but it, it sort of finished highly on that because they played them all chronologically. Mm. In, in between the shots of the uh, directors and stuff discussing it, they gave us shots of every single film, and it started off with like the first ones, how they made a Island of Blood or whatever it was, and they made a sequel. Then he's like, well, we could get a little bit more money if we do this, and then. Okay, the audience aren't reacting, so make the monster a bit more, get the breast a bit more. By the time the mid seventies, it was full on chick torture films. Oh yeah. Yeah, like nakedness everywhere. And then like got a little bit later eighties or whatever it was, and the rubber monsters had gone and now the chick torturers were picking up the machine guns, it was like attack of the chick prison camp. It was mm. so good. It's escalated, escalated, escalated. Yeah, yeah. It was and they nice. talked about the joy in escalating. At the end there it spun off into the weird new shit they were doing, including everybody's favourite how tall was he? Two nine. Two foot nine. <laughs> wing wing. That's he like was the, the best part of the whole thing. That's like bare fridge height. That's, that's why they that's why they made this doggo for Wing Wing. Wing Wing's this uh, he's a two foot nine martial artist Filipino. Two foot nine is like uh, eighty centimeters. Yeah, no, eighty centimeters. Ridic. And they made him this like mock James Bond. He did a bunch of films. The one we saw clips from was uh, for your height only. <laughs> yeah, not just a mock James Bond, but in a suit, karate chopping people with a jet pack and turning and firing the same gun. Like it was a Oh yeah, it was totally cool. It was so much fun, man. Two foot nine. He was smaller than a little kid. It was awesome. There wasn't a lot you, to talk about this film. Like this, it wasn't an in-depth um, thing. This was just a, a brief overview of everything. But it was so fast and furious. The avalanches went on and on. No time for breath. Tits torture, ladies being lifted off, off the ground by their hair, rape, kung fu, paper mache, monsters. Yeah, it, it was a fun docker. It, it touched on a couple of serious subjects, like the actress that said um, back then it was powerful for women to strip. That's why they loved flashing their tits, because they were like, I'm fighting the system. Women's liberation, yeah. Yeah, they could have gone on about that. Um, they could have gone on about the effect of the military and the government because there was a lot of shit happening in the country. Oh, for at the a time. second there, they went on about that woman, Formaldehyde or whatever her actual name is, that had the two hundred thousand shoes. Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were they were famous desperate. The other thing they could have gone down was uh, Roger Corman was saying about when Jaws came out, like he felt kind of deflated or, or something. When when B grade pretty much became mainstream, that yeah. sort of ruined their business almost. So there was a lot of serious. Tracks this could have gone down, yeah, but it, it really didn't. Yeah, not only that, it was just fucking fun. They have John Landis come on and go. There's nothing worse than someone that makes a B-grade film, and then afterwards, some pretentious reporter goes up to him and goes, "Oh, was the the the, the black Nazi um, uh, locking up the white uh, the white German criminal a portrayal of the American South and the uh, anti-slavery <laughs> movement?" And he's like, "Fuck you, pretentious snob." Not at all. <laughs> yeah, and they use that in the own doco. They were like, "Oh, this could be about." Um, Women's liberation and the freedom of stripping, sho- shoving it to the man or whatever. But nah, you guys are all dicks. It was just awesome. <laughs> yeah. It was just an awesome. Yeah, it awesome. was just an excuse to get tits on the screen. Yeah, awesome bad films Cheaply. made in the seventies. A doco about them and the fun times they had. Talking to crew adventures. Cool, Machete Maidens started off our doco fest. We'll tell you more about our doco fest adventures next week. <laughs> very. That was very radio voice. I like that. Yes, tune in next oh, week. Sorry. I saw a couple of films uh, outside the film French Film Festival by myself this week. I saw uh, Wild Target, which I was hoping was going to be a great hitman comedy. I like watching <laughs> films where dudes do their shit really well. And this one, I saw the trailer, uh, and Bill Nye was the the elderly gentleman hitman. It was a comedy, and, and so I went to see it. Yeah, it was really slight. Not a whole hell of a lot wrong with it, but it was just like, you smiled a couple of times. The story was kind of predictable. And I think the best way I can sum it up 
was it was from the director of Sergeant Bilko, My Cousin Vinny, The Cluedo Movie, Nuns on the Run, The Whole Nine Yards. <laughs> You've seen all of these films. Did you pick his shit ones? Because that's terrible. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, nice. My Cousin Vinny's not bad. Yeah, but they're all just so, like, did, did My Cousin Vinny need a theatrical release? No. It's something you watch on a Saturday, 2 p.m., on t- if it's on TV. Yeah, totally, totally. You don't even mind the ads. No, and you go, oh, look, yeah, the ads, you get stuff done. You go, oh, <laughs> yeah. look, it's, um, <laughs> yeah. they actually had Herman Munster. This was... Did you know that? Herman Munster was not... the judge in My Cousin Vinny. <laughs> he stands out like a sore thumb. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was very slight. the The plus was uh, I've never seen Ron Weasley before. I've never seen a Harry Potter film. Did I get his name right? I said his name a couple. Of, Rupert Grint or something. Yes. Oh, yeah. Fuck on. He was pretty good, man. He was very relaxed, and I really enjoyed his role. And the other one was Rupert Everett. Was uh, as the bad guy was was real cool too. So the Ruperts. Okay. The Ruperts won. Emily Blunt. No offense to her, but she was. Uh, I really liked her in Sunshine Cleaning as Amy Adams' sister. This one, her character was so fucking annoying. She was built there just to wind them up because he's such a gentleman and the other guy's such a noob. She was winding them up, but more she was winding me up. Bit of a fail there. Nuns on the run too. I also saw Fair Game. Sean Penn and Naomi Watts are both great actors. As I expected, they were pretty good in this. It looked like some political thriller slash spy thing. The biggest problem with this film was it, it just couldn't stay still. It, it was a spy film for a while. They were trying to find WMDs. They were doing an investigation into some aluminum piping that they thought that Saddam had bought for maybe some bombs or someone had bought. Maybe not Saddam. I wasn't even really listening. Then halfway through, well, not even halfway through, they change it and it becomes about they release her name in the newspaper that she's a CIA agent and then it's all about them fighting with the media. Then it changes again, and it's about them fighting to save their marriage. And it's like every time they got you hooked or focused on a target, they'd change it. They just couldn't stay still. It was just annoying that, yeah, it wasn't one film. What kind of film was it? I don't know. Yeah, that's what I heard. Whatever the hell it was, some, some review, some tweet somewhere, said that it was uh, like that. It was like, okay, it's a good spy movie. Starts off good, you know, and you think, where's this going to go? Oh, hang on. Now it's a movie about the better than me. Yeah, you're losing half your audience every time. If someone's going because they enjoy spy films... Yep. Once you change, once you change it to the, um, not, is it the Insider, the cigarette one with Russell Crowe? Yeah. That's when I figured it was like that, but for the, the second half it would have been like Oh, that. wait. I just said yes. I, I don't know what that is. The one oh, with um, the other guy as well. Who are? Who's that guy? Pacino. Yeah, Pacino. Pacino and Russell Crowe. Uh, about the scientists that were probably there. right. It's probably called the Insider. I don't know. Like that. That was a very pressy type mm. from what I recall. Yeah, I would, I would have been disappointed to go to a spy film and have it changed. There's much better spy films out there. Yeah, and it wasn't even really a spy film. Like, he was a, a um, Sean Penn was a big wig, yeah. and they sent him over there to, to Niger, wherever, to, to study this, the invoices of what happened, who sold this piping, and he, you know, and he went as a, as a diplomat or whatever you call it. No, but what's his wife doing? She was a spy, the media sold her out. She, yeah, she was, she was CIA, so she was, she was trying to get some, some WMD. Was there any time there a gun produced? Not by her, no. Oh. There, there was a gun or two. I said it's bound to start, like all these films, with an opening shot over the Nantucket. I meant the Potomac. Like a shot over the Potomac, past a couple of tall Lincoln monuments or whatever it is, and then zoom in on the Pentagon or the White House. Did it <laughs> I have can't that? Remember. I no opening so. helicopter. They always do that. Any I film involving Washington, so. they, did hang they show out half lot. of Washington they first. They did hang out a lot in front, of, uh, in a park across the road from the White House. There were oh. a lot of shots of the White House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always got to have shots of White House and, uh, and, and thing. I just want to give mad props to whoever played Scooter Libby. I thought that guy, his, his name is, not can't even remember, but he was uh, he was really good. 
the guy who played Scootalip, he was he was an entertaining actor. I need to find out more about that dude. And also, I wanted to say a big fuck you to whoever filmed it. They had this really annoying technique when that when there was a conversation between two people in a room. They'd have it as one shot, and the camera, like it was watching a tennis match, would just go left, right, left. Oh, right. terrible! Oh, it was giddying. It was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. And they did it like five times. It was the worst filming technique I'd ever seen. That can work if you go cut, cut, pan, cut, cut, yeah. cut, pan, and they're relatively close. But this was just wobbling from side to side, not even quite keeping up with it. Just like, oh, hang on, the person on the other side of the room's talking. Let me just whiz over there. Oh, no, they're finished. I'll whiz back to the other guy. Was it during a really important scene? They wanted you to suck up the dog? No, it was in many scenes. It, oh. they, did it, they did it once in a car, like they were filming through <laughs> the windshield, and they just whizzed from side to side. Bro, you could fit those two people in a shot. Yeah. So frustrating. So we've been flicking through what's coming out this year, probably. Still well, early in the year, so we don't know yet. Released in America anyway. It might take another six months to get here mm. if it's one of those, but... Me and Corey are going to run down uh, uh, ten movies that we're both fucking stoked that are coming. I've got a little bit more. Oh, you got more than ten? Actually, I might even drop a teaser. I might do an also, and also mention, uh, just to get it out of the way, just to get it started, Thor. I don't know much about it, but for some reason I've heard it's going to be good. That's the one I've got the least to say on. That's an also. It's not my top ten. I saw the first trailer for it. Looks shit. Oh. I even talked to you right on the phone about how shit it looks. I've seen the new trailer that came out this week. Looking kind of cool. Yeah. Such a dopey character. I can't believe they're trying to make a film out of it. No. But actually, it no. That's one to watch. Thor. Listeners, Thor. Here's my first one. Battle for LA or Battle for Los Angeles. I don't know what it's called. It's an alien invasion action film. Now, that's a narrow genre. We've seen Terrible, Skyline. We've seen Good, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, not the Tom Cruise War of the Worlds. Shit like Independence Day 4. Don't rip it for what it was. It was trying to be what it was. It was like a B-grade film. It was an alien invasion action film. It's its own subgenre. And people watched Independence Day and went, oh, did you see that? How patriotic was it? Look, look at the weapons. Oh, my God. They, they ended up beating... Oh, Mars Attacks. This is the non-comedy version of Mars Attacks. This is spectacular. Once again, I saw the first couple of trailers, didn't think it looked interesting. I've seen the new one, the Super Bowl ad. Aaron Eckhart's in the lead. I like Aaron Eckhart, man. I think he will... I think if he's chosen to do this, he can probably ground it. Yeah. I'm in. The reason I like it, I've given each one a reason, the trailer. Mm. I, saw the, I saw the trailer months ago. I've seen the second one by now, but the first one I saw, and I was like, is, it, is this an alien invasion action film? Whoa, I'm in. That's, Skyline, man. Yeah, shut your face. It's not the first one. It's not. I'm not ranking them in any order. That's one of my top ten. Uh, my disclaimer before I start my list. Oh, disclaimer. I had to. Uh, I, I actually did mine a fucking month ago. Otaku. To get out of the way, one of my most anticipated for the year was True Grit. Oh, hold up. Then I've got to drop a disclaimer. <laughs> I forgot that we were including those. I was totally looking forward to True Grit. That's horrible to use it. Yeah, no. Carry on. Every, everything applies. Go. I love True Grit. It's awesome. No, no, that's, that's all I got to say. Drew Grit, I was excited. It's Cohen's. It was it was the dude. It was Western. No, I was really, really excited. Yeah. And it paid off. It was it was awesome. And I'm probably going to rewatch it this week. It's so good. So cinematic. Sunday morning, and I'll go see it with you. Sweet. What else are you looking forward to? Are you bu- no, was that yours? Is that in your top ten? Yeah. I oh, see. So really, only got nine. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's fine. Yeah. Well, if we were to do the list four weeks ago when I was ready for it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Number two, not the second. Number two, Source Code. It's it's um, it's by Duncan Jones, aka Zoe Bowie. What a cool name! Is it? Yeah, it's Moon Two. 
It's the sequel to... No, it's not on Moon totally Tone. not. No, it's I've not. seen the trailer. It's, terrible, I've got but... it written as a clever thriller, but set like in the mind or with doppelgangers or something. <laughs> it's the guy that did Moon, um, given another good actor and um, a, a clever idea. Which good actor? I don't know. You must know. Yeah, I've seen the trailers. Oh, who's the actor? Is it in your top ten? Have we crossed over? No, no, it looks terrible. Oh my god, I just won. That's embarrassing. My top ten is to be your top ten because I got source code in there. Bro. It's going to be awesome. Why is it going to be awesome? Doesn't matter. Uh, it's been recorded. I didn't know. I it's been recorded know. now. So this is I didn't know Duncan Jones was doing it. That's, that's pretty cool. No, it's uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, he's good, isn't he? Yeah. Ooh. Wow. And he's an, he's an agent that gets chucked in and he's got, uh, he gets chucked into the, to the last eight minutes of a dude's life. There's a bomb on a train. He becomes that dude for his last eight minutes. And he plays all the people on the train the last eight minutes and figures it out. So, like he gets to be that dude and he has to work it out. He does He fails. He blows up, but then they just keep looping it. He just goes, okay, do the eight minutes again. But he falls for the girl he's sitting across from or something. I don't know. The idea has got me intrigued, and now you've told me the director. They'll see that. Go, your turn. Oh, what was that called? Source Code. Yeah. Source Code, yeah. yeah. Blue Valentine. Oh, nice. This is my, uh, one of the reasons I, I watch films so, as much as I do is because um, I'm single. <laughs> no, because I'm totally in love with them. And this is, looks like the film that I'm going to be in love with this year. Ryan Gosling from... Lars and the Real Girl, Half Nelson, ETC. And Michelle Williams from Brokeback Mountain, Wendy and Lucy. Is Half Nelson the school teacher one? Yeah. Yeah, my flatmates love that. Totally. This is them. Uh, look, if I had a column for a reason, trailer. That trailer just broke my heart. It was awesome. I've seen that trailer maybe 12 times. I, I have seen the trailer now, and I must admit I wikied it, because it's not my sort of film, but I will, I'll go to it. Um, I think the girl's mm. gonna make me anyway. Oh, we could have another story. Do, do you know it's a little bit in the past and a little bit in the. Do you know it jumps between two times? Yeah, yeah, thing? yeah. But, uh, Not like it's fountain, but. But what I heard was brilliant about this film was it jumps between how they got together yeah. and how they broke apart. It actually doesn't show the middle part. Okay, yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah, looks, looks amazing. Yeah. I'm excited. Tag. Oh, tag. This is going really well. Damn. <laughs> Where were we discussing comic book films the other day? X Men First Class. The, the most anticipated of the year. Yeah, bro, come on. Bit of Magneto, a bit of Wolverine, uh, not Wolverine, Professor Xavier, right? Yeah. Please don't talk about X-Men 3. Um, and I hear they're making a Wolverine one, another Wolverine one. X-Men, it's, I like the X-Men universe. They keep making films. Some of them work. There's parts of them that are enjoyable. I'll keep watching them. I like seeing mutants. They're making mm. another X-Men film. It, it, it tickles my fancy. It tickles a heart out. Young, um, it's in the 70s as well. I'm looking for like um, Magneto. Cuban Missile. Yeah, Cuban Missile Crisis. Yeah, that's weird. Did you see 13 Days? With like, that was really good. Maybe it had John Travolta or something. Mm. Oh, 13 Days is good. I know what that is. It's about the Cuban Missile Crisis. Well, as you've heard from my review of Outside the Law, I don't guess. Yeah, you're a big fan of history. No, this is going to be awesome. But like, like I said last week, I'm a whore for talent. Uh, X-Men looks, they've totally picked up the talent on this. Michael Fassbender as yeah. Magneto. James McAvoy is Professor X. What a brilliant cast. They got Rose Was Byrne he in there. King of Scotland? Yeah. You got Rose Byrne in there. Jennifer Lawrence, our Wintersbone girl. She's yeah. the girl covered in blue or whatever. Uh, Mystique. Yeah. Be, yeah. There's a whole, whole bunch of good shit in there. Yeah, it's jumped to my top 10. I know, I know no film fest films until I read the brochure and I have my friends tell me what to go see. <laughs> so I'm the everyman and this, that's top 10, man. X Men 3 is going to be fantastic. No, not X Men 3, X Men First Class. While I'm on a, a gay tip, Breaking everyone's hearts and shit after Blue Valentine. Another, my next one is uh, Never Let Me Go. I'm really looking forward to this. The uh, it's not the island done by <coughs> done by English private school. This is uh, this is weird, man. I've got this weird thing with Kerry Mulligan. She's just I'm so in love with her, and I've never seen any of her movies. 
she's on a whole bunch. She was in Pride and Prejudice. She was in Wall Street 2. She was in Public Enemies. Then she, like, broke big with an education. She's doing heaps of shit. I've never seen her in anything, but I've decided she's my true love. And I'm really looking forward to this film. It's written by that famous um, Japanese novelist who did uh, Reigns of the Day and stuff. I've seen the trailer. Yeah, it looks it looks good. It's like Can't kids, wait. kids being grown. In England. It's, it's but yeah, they're, they're yeah. being grown to be, um, their parts are going to be harvested when they're X age or, or whatever. Shoot. J.J. Abrams, Super 8. Mm. Is that a crossover? I know, I forgot about that one. J.J. Abrams, Super 8. Why do I like it? Because I love Cloverfield, even though I don't think many people did. And I love J.J. Abrams. So it's J.J. Abrams' new secret project. And when I say secret, I'm talking as secret as all his other projects. Yeah, I don't know anything about it. Have you seen the trailer? No. Oh. I thought it was filmed on Super 8. I thought it had something to do with like found footage or something. No. Oh, so Super 8's not describing a type of film? No, I don't think so. Either way, I don't give a shit. Yeah. I know nothing about it. It's J.J. Abrams' new thing, and I've heard it's good. I'm going to ruin it. but it's Because uh, I think it looks good too. An alien escapes from Area 51 or something. Even better. And a and a, a, a young boy comes in contact with him. They, they reckon this is going to be the new... It looks like E.T. He's recaptured the, the 80s. Nice. Actually, I did think it was something to do with an alien, because I thought it might have been a sequel to Clover 8. Uh, Cloverfield. I thought it was something to do with that. No, it looks really good. There you go. And hey. J.J. I trust him. You're right. Hannah. Give me five, bro. Double up. Leon 2, right? You've got Hannah on there. Yeah, bro. No, it's an also mention. This is uh, <laughs> Saoirse Ronan from The Lovely Bones. Uh, Eric Benner has trained her up as an assassin and she this, goes this after Kate Blanchett. This is the one I recognise on the poster. Yeah, child assassin. That's, that's enough. I'm, I'm totally in. I love Kate Blanchett. Saoirse Ronan seems really good as well. What a cool name. Yeah. Saoirse Ronan. Hannah, about a young girl assassin. Awesome. Yeah. How could they... They can't get it wrong. It's not going to be kick-ass. It's going to be awesome. I'm totally looking Hang on. It's not going to be kick-ass. The film called Kick-Ass. That's a tag back to me. I might I might be revealing a little bit much about myself. I might be... I might be revealing a little bit of armour here and showing a bit of soul and about to be teased mercilessly by... Uh, Sex and City 3. <laughs> go fuck yourself. <laughs> Harry Potter Part 2, Deathly Hallows. Who's he? Yeah, you're funny. He made... What is it? Doesn't need to be said. It's the second Harry Potter. Not just is it the second Harry Potter and the sequel of a film that I'm halfway through, which is so frustrating. I hate it when they do this. It's also the sequel to seven other, like six other films. Mm. So it's a wrap-up of all films. Not only that, it's a wrap-up of the book as well, to those that have read it, because they want to <laughs> see they want to see what it's going to look like, because they've read this scene. I know the battle's coming up, etc. If you haven't seen it, people love to go, oh, uh, Harry Potter... That's terrible writing, actually, if you look into it. No, it's not. People like to say, <laughs> uh, people like to say those films, no, nah, they're terrible. No, they're not. It would have been good to see him younger because the books get older and the movies get older. You, you can watch the one when he's like 13 when you're 13. That's not too bad. And by the time he's 18 and you're 30, <laughs> he's wasting dudes and giant death-firing <laughs> spells. It's very cool. Harry Potter, looking forward to it. You can comment on it. No, no, I don't, I don't know anything. Look, it, it's, it doesn't, uh, not even mocking it. It's like, if you said, bro, the newest film about the, the coolest potato farmer in the world is out, and I'd just be like, well, I don't, I don't care about potato farmers. Yeah. doesn't interest me. You're missing out. You'll watch them all one day and go, eh. but you should read the books. No, you shouldn't. A good cast and stuff, like, um, you know, Ellen Rickman. Rick Rick. Yeah, yeah, Rickman. Yeah, totally. Snape. <laughs> Gary Oldman. Yeah, Gary Oldman's dead by now. Way dead, but carry on. Oh, his character, right? Oh, yeah. Spoiler. Spoiler, everyone. <laughs> Severus Blake gets killed on, like, fucking number five or something. 
I am behind on my potter. That is true. Outrage is my next one. Oh, no, no, nothing about it. This is exciting. This is probably another disclaimer. I don't know if this film's coming this year, but I fucking hope it is. Takeshi Kitano has gone back to uh, ah, fuck, gangster films. Fuck, I missed one out. Fuck. <laughs> fuck. The other um, Takeshi. I gave uh, I gave the the unsubtitled trailer to a friend of mine and said, um, "Can you can you translate this? What is this?" And she watched it all and go, "It's men yelling at each other. It's just yakuza yelling and pointing guns." Does he I play, can't wait. Does he play the? I'm doing the face. The uh, <laughs> the katana. The, somber I'm, look. He plays the hard ass gangster. Yeah, he's right. He's he's directing and act, lead actor. Awesome. No, uh, this, this wasn't just, the one. There's a new gangster film by Katano, starring Katano. I'm in. Will it come out 10. or will that be a festival? Film fest? <sighs> Probably knows. film fest. Come on. Film no fest. word on it yet, but it better fucking be one of them. <clears throat> I'm looking forward to that, but it's not on my list. It's not even on my also mentions. I totally missed the ball with that one. Cowboys and Aliens. <laughs> just say say the word now. Just say Cowboys and Indians with me. How well does that roll off the tongue? Say Cowboys and Indians. Cowboys and Indians. Cowboys and Indians. Cowboys and Indians. Then fucking throw James Bond in. Have it directed by John Favreau, aka Iron Man One and Two, aka Swingers. Fucking John Favreau. I'm sure he's gonna drop himself in there somewhere as a cameo. It's gonna be hard. Have him make it. Cowboys and Indians. Say it one more time. Cowboys and Indians. But change it to Cowboys and Aliens. Oh. Cowboys and Aliens. John yeah, Favreau. Totally, is totally and uh, Harrison Ford. Daniel Craig is his name. Yep. Some chick. Looks. Uh, <laughs> There's probably other people in there. John Favreau is making a movie called Cowboys and Aliens, and it's out soon. Oh, like three months? It's not like a December thing. It's it's nearly here, right? I think it's a, a November thing. November? It's June. It's June. Bullshit. July. I'm hanging to July. Yeah. Tag. Gonna embarrass myself here by, by pronouncing this wrong. Carancho. How do I do? Never heard of it, so I can't critique it. <laughs> right. well, who have we insulted now? It's not an Algerian movie, is it? Argentine. Oh. Sorry, Sadie. This is the new Ricardo Dardin film. I'm probably even saying his name wrong, but he's he's just my... He's probably... I mean, don't quote me on this, but he might be my favourite actor working. Nine Queens, Secret in Their Eyes, The Aura. The dude is give, fucking... Give me your best Argentine. dude is a fucking monster. Well, they speak, so they speak Argentinian. No, Portuguese. Give me your best language from Argentina impersonation of the actual title of The Secret of Their Eyes. <laughs> oh, I can't even remember. Give it a shot. Los Dojos Los Ages or something? No, I think... It, yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to... That sounds pretty good. That's mildly amusing. No. Anyway, yeah, I don't know much about it. He's a... Uh, he, I think he works for a law firm or something who chases ambulances and, like, gets these injured motherfuckers to try and I have no idea I don't know it doesn't matter he's just done so many good fucking films in a row so you, you could say this to someone like you could go you know that film that won best Oscar last year and then people go uh huh you can go that guy yeah it's his new one actor wise yeah I haven't seen any that's fucking embarrassing you've seen Nine Queens even I didn't see the aura which you, Al Aura which you recommend <sighs> the hell out of and I haven't seen Los Secretos Dos Oculos like I uh there you go tag Dag. Fucking Tintin, bro. Is that also from Argentina? Yeah. <laughs> it's got Spielberg and Peter Jackson. I don't know who's directing. Genius First one's Spielberg's directing, Jackson's producing, and then the next one, they're going to swap. And they're using Jim Cameron's flashy yep. toys. It's a menage of talent. Peter Jackson's now considered one of the greats. Not not the greats forever, but like currently. Mm. Oh, he'll go in history. Definitely. Yeah. In there with the greatest, fucking Spielberg, I don't care what you think, he's smashing them out for... Longer than I've been alive. Is he the E.T. guy? Something like that. Jaws, bro. Ah. Actually, let me rephrase that. Everything. Yeah, with the guy with the most uh, with the most money to waste on toys. And fuck it, Tintin. Everybody loves Tintin. And if you yeah. don't, 
You disgust me. Tintin is awesome. Tintin and the Secret of the Unicorn, I think. So there'll be Captain Haddock and there'll be Thompson and Thompson and uh, Snowy. Snowy will save the day four times. Thompson and Thompson's been played by... Thompson and Thompson. The yeah. voices of Thompson and Thompson are done by Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Our hot fuzz, Shaun of the Dead duo. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Tintin. Oh, Nick Frost. 3D animated. It's going to be cool. I remember um, hearing a couple of years ago it was going to be Brad Pitt playing Tintin, rotoscoped. But they've <laughs> wow. actually, who have they gone? Jamie Bell was Tintin. Oh. Dear Wendy. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, Jumper. Oh, fuck. Not Hayden Christensen, the other, there's two of them. Yep. Hayden Christensen and Tintin. Okay. Hobo with a shotgun. Oh, oh, actually. Crossover? Actually, my team. Uh, Rukahar is a, um, believe it or not, a hobo with a, with a shotgun. Mm. Sick of the City's. Uh, Violence and corruption, and he's a homeless dude with a shotgun. I don't even know why I'm still talking about it. I already said it. Hobo with a shotgun. Yeah, Hobo with a shotgun is, is, is enough, man. Hobo with a shotgun. It's going to be a trash masterpiece. We know that. Yeah. So it's my turn now. Um, the Thing. The remake of The Thing. I want them to still call it John Carpenter. Another another crossover? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, we're on fire. The Thing. What are they calling it? No, I think it's called The Thing. It's not called John Carpenter's The Thing, but not actually. <laughs> Who's directing it? Anybody? Or... Um, Oh, I'm not sure actually, bro. But I've seen I've seen not the trailer, but maybe stills, and it looks like the first one. If you're talking about what's his face recreating the '80s, this must be the year of the recreating the '80s films, because this is a this is filmed in the ice. This looks awesome. This is an Antarctic base, not Arctic. They're saying it's a uh, it's a it's a prequel. Like at the beginning of the thing, they find that the base that did already got wiped out. This is the story of that base. Oh, awesome. Well, actually, yeah, because they they discover the um there's another base that finds a ship. There's a ship in the ice, so maybe we'll even see that. Mm. Or maybe that's what I'm talking about. No, no, because then they probably go to a base. There's got to be somewhere to hide. Because uh, otherwise, how can they put a little electricity in it? <laughs> and it's the main character, uh, the main actor is Joel Edgerton, who we fucking loved this year in Animal Kingdom as the brother that gets, goes first. Oh, awesome. <laughs> it's, to be honest, it's my number 11. Uh, it's going to be awesome. Go. Agreed. Uh, we are what we are. Never heard of it. Okay. Mexican film. Sorry, I was... <laughs> Seldom put Mexican films on my top ten. How do you hear about these things? After this, I'm going to ask you how you heard about it. <laughs> this, this is, uh, I'm watching this, I don't know any of the talent involved, uh, but the, this story. It's about a family of uh, cannibals. That's enough to pay attention. The father, who collects the, the meat, <laughs> dies. So the eldest teenage son now becomes the man of the family, and it's about him taking on the responsibilities. It's a, it's a coming-of-age, catch-eating human stories. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, that's awesome. Can, cannibals because they live in a remote Mexican village or cannibals... I like, think it's ur- urban. It's quite... Like he sneaks out at night and kills a, a hooker. subways and shit. Yeah, I think I think that's what it is. That would save a lot on food bills. <laughs> like think how many people are out there and you could just go and eat them. The, um, those guys did it. That's that soccer team in Alive. So it can't be that bad. Although they were starving to death. So maybe... <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't. Now we've offended the cannibals. <laughs> what, was it, what was it called? We Are What We Are. We Are What We oh, Are. What an apt title. That's awesome. So like when the cops turn up at the end of it, they, they can shrug their shoulders comedically and go, We Are What We Are. Title in the dialogue. Smash cut. Credits. <laughs> <laughs> Von Trier's Melancholia. Oh, yeah. I, um, 
love Von Trier ever since uh, you introduced me to him back at Blockbuster Newmarket. Um, and I've seen them all, I suppose, except for... I still haven't brought myself to watch... Antichrist. Antichrist. You don't say Antichrist? Me neither, bro. I've seen them all except Antichrist. But this doesn't have... No, any... I missed um, The Boss of It All as well. No, oh, and there's another one. We haven't seen the, the, the sequel to Dogville. We haven't seen the sequel. Probably we had this discussion the other day. The uh, the one about the slavery yes. in the south. Yeah, yeah, yeah sorry. Okay, no. we haven't seen them all. Yeah, but I mean, some we had, some are obscure and hard to get. Some are got horrific subject, which I just haven't seen yet because I'm a wussy. He said wussy. I did say wussy. Uh, but this one's got none of that. This is actually a Ventria apocalypse movie, and like he's got two sisters, two totally different sisters, and it's their it's their point of view or something. So he follows both of them. And you can imagine Von Trier's going to get in there. It's going to be weird as he attempts to film a dog with 95 styles or whatever the hell it is. Um, yeah. I think what I'm hoping it's going to be is it's going to be a family drama, like a, a gutting family drama like he always does, like yeah. tackling huge subjects that just happens to have in the background... A fucking comet hurtling towards... There's a planet. I know. I know. That was hidden behind the sun. I know. I like that shit. It's so bright. That's such a great idea. Yeah. Von Trier, Melancholia. Red State. It's an also mention. It's an also mentioned. Nah, for me, it's. I didn't rank any of these, but if I was Gunner, this would probably be at least in my top three. Okay. Um, I'm Kevin Smith nut, and I listen to him daily on his Smodcast network. And yeah, this film sounds. It sounds brilliant. Michael Parks, who I've always loved since From Dusk Till Dawn. Yeah. To have him in a lead role in a horror. Doing fucking monologues, doing fucking singing. Son number this one. This thing is gonna be incredible. Yeah, I really can't wait for Red State. It's just I'm so excited about it. Yeah, and everything else that Kevin Smith's doing, which we'll go into one day properly, but um, <coughs> it's a whole it's a whole exciting thing. Yeah, it was definitely not a mention. Here's a few I thought I'd mention. Mission Impossible Four. Yeah. Because they they actually haven't failed once then, and three was better than two, like a Godfather type. Um, I thought three was really good actually. Oh, what do they call it? Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah, Godfather Syndrome, where number three was better than number two. So number four could... Nobody thinks that. About Godfather? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. What am I trying to say? Yeah, the opposite of Godfather. It didn't, <laughs> it didn't fuck up like the... Oh, God, no. The religious one was terrible, yeah. Mm. With his daughter getting shot on the steps outside after the... No, that wasn't terrible. Um, Andy Garcia, right? Andy Garcia was terrible in it. Um, and the helicopter death scene where they wipe out everybody. Also terrible. Apollo 18, because of the subject. Uh, it's about a space mission. You don't get enough of that. Uh, it's like they went to space for one last reason. I was reading the synopsis. It's like the story about the trip to space that didn't happen. I'm hoping it's the one where they took that. or? No, a film. Like, imagine a disaster film, mm. but with no disaster. I think they took a buggy and rode around. I don't know anything about it. Apollo, it's oh, called okay. Apollo 18. I could be totally wrong. I just like movies about going to the moon. Fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the moon's cool. Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Yes. I don't know anything about it, but it must be by John Le because I've stared at the bridge of that book, the spine of that book. Forever, it's in my parents' house, and he's a dude that wrote *Day of the Jackal*, which I have read and seen the Bruce Willis film and seen the original film. Both fantastic. So if they're making a film of him, it's gonna and in that book, *Tinker Tailor Spy*, it's gonna be a spy novel alternative film. Isn't it? Um, my two Inception guys, isn't it JGL and Tom Hardy? I think. I know nothing about it. I was re- the title *Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy* is a book by a spy novel author. Mm. I hope it's a spy film. I'm sure it will be, because that's what the book is, mm. which I haven't read, but he writes spy novels. Mm-mm-mm. I only recognise the title from my parents' bookshelf. That's great. It's the guy that wrote the... Da- it's Day of the Jackal 2. Right. <laughs> it's got right. J.G.L. names in it. Possibly not J.G.L. I'm pretty sure it's got, yeah. Fuck, that's awesome. In it. Only four hours ago, I um I thought there was another mention. Now I know it's got a good calibre. Should be good, yeah. 
David Fincher's remake of The Dragon Tattoo, which is the book The Girl the Dragon Tattoo, the Millennium Trilogy, whatever his name is, Steve Larson. Who doesn't want to see a Fincher film based on when, a book they've already read and a film they've already seen? It's an easy way to see what he does with it. It's a, it's a, it's almost like taking a class in what David Fincher can do, given a book and a movie. So I'm and he's cast, I've cast um, the girl who's in the first five minutes of um, Social Network, Rooney Mara, who plays the girlfriend of yeah. Mark Zuckerberg. She's uh, Elizabeth Sander. Lander, so yeah, 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 and she's she was awesome. And that's David Fincher directing with her acting. So we've already seen what they can do together. Yep. And just to um, dispel any myths that I don't like comedy, Your Highness, that was mildly amusing. You've told me a lot about that. It's the dude behind Pineapple Express, uh, Pineapple Express. Eastbound and Down. Yeah, 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 exactly. So that's going to be a comedy. He didn't used to be like that though, bro. He he made um, Undertow and Snow Angels. He used to be a, like a hard out fucking drama guy. Then one day he just flipped and began, you know what? Actually, I'm a, I'm a stoner comedy guy. It was mm-hmm. also David Gordon Green. But it's starring his guys. It's got Eastbound and Downs, Kenny Powers, James Franco. Yep. And then Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman. Zoe. Yeah. And so that's why, that, that's why I thought I'd mention it for comedies. And putting a stoner comedy set in medieval times. You ever seen that before? Yeah, it's going to be mildly music. I could probably go see it at the cinema. Hopefully it's not like Black Knight. Oh, true that. <laughs> he should have stuck to bad boys. It's not going to be. Yeah, and uh, Zack Snyder's Sucker Punch for blatantly special effects cartoony about a girl stuck in a mental asylum that fight in their dreams or something? Yeah, but this is the guy who made 300 in The Watchmen. It's okay, going to yeah. be a slow-mo action. I just assume because it's about girls in the psych ward, there'll be, maybe it will be as dark as the others. Maybe we'll have dudes with their shirts off. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of muse playing. Um, <laughs> awesome. From the posters, they all look like they're dressed in sexy schoolgirl outfits with swords. Yeah, I thought I should mention it because it looks like that. Right, I'm all done. That's like 19 and some double ups. I went nuts on the top. Well, yeah, not to be an anticlimax, but my my tenth and final was catfish. Oh, it's an anticlimax. <laughs> yeah, sorry. No, catfish is, looks awesome. I don't even think to looks mention awesome, that actually. Yeah. I've heard Cause didn't hugely it come out last good year? things about it, and I've heard hugely bad things about it. Yeah, but we're getting it in May. Hey, suck old New Zealand. It's a doco. They're, they're kind of putting it in that thing. Of download like, it if you want to. Fuck, don't don't wait for May. We'll wait, but download it. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's, that's that section done. Oh, really? No, sorry. What were you saying? You don't no, think no, just I've heard it? hugely great things about it, and I've heard hugely bad things about it. But Can't they get their shit together and release it worldwide? That's painful. Yeah, sort of. And, I mean, it's 2011. People download films now. You don't need to. I think it came out in January in the States. I totally I th- thought it came out last year. Anyway, that's the top ten. Well, top ten and some also mentions and some double-ups. What's on, bro? Rattle them off. New this week on the normal cinemas in the multiplexes. Not even that. In Rialto and whatnot. Big screen. <laughs> on the big screens in Auckland. On the big screens in Auckland. I love it when they use the title. And the f- uh, last Exorcism, mm. which we managed to see a premiere of last year in the movie marathon. Yeah, have I recommended that enough? That is the ultimate date film. It's scary, clever, genius. Is that out? Film like <laughs> Oh, really? Film like Cloverfield. Where is it? Uh, everywhere, I think. This is my recommend. I'm sorry those foreign films, but if you don't like foreign films, go and see The Last Exorcism. This is the film you should be going to see. If you haven't seen those Oscar films yet, maybe you don't like Oscar films, go and see The Last Exorcism. If you like... Uh, those people who are like, I don't like Oscar films because they're good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Those people. <laughs> no, bro. The Last Exorcism, on, on a different scale other than actual pedigree and goodness, is as equally, and if not more so, entertaining than those Oscar films. Here's a fucking fun multiplex film. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Next. Hilary Swank goes to law school for 20 years to get Sam Rockwell out of jail. Love Sam Rockwell. Not in real life. That, that's, that's a film. It's called Conviction, which is out now. Brother and sister, but they say I love you a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that's your review. <laughs> he knows how to act a hell of a lot. There's a sickly scene of the kids with 
in the car with kids. Sam um, Rockwell's a great actor. Hilary Swank was Million Dollar Baby, so she's okay. Conviction. Next. Tamara Drew. What do you know about this? I don't know anything other than it's starring Alice Creed. It's a comic book or a comic strip turned into a film about like a sassy girl that grows up in an English village that moves back there and causes all the ruckus. She's sassy. No, she's more like sexy. She flirts with a boy. Cool, yeah. Alice Creed's got a new movie out. Tomorrow, Drew. And just a special shout out for Uriah. I Am Number Four is out. I'm looking forward to this. Produced by Michael Bay. It's about glossy teenagers with superpowers. Tell you what, this is actually, without getting myself arrested, this is download material, because fuck Michael Bay. Like, No, that's low. Don't download films. <laughs> Can't say it. <laughs> fuck Michael Bay. No, it looks mildly amusing. I can't do it. Yes, those are the four out this week. Last Exorcism, Tamara Drew, Conviction, and Nose Battle. Yeah, that, that's good. <laughs> also that's good. playing at the moment is all the ones we've gone on and on and on about, but we'll tell you again. True Grit Stallone. Did you like True Grit? Yeah, True Loved Grit. Best movie of the year. Black Swan. Any good? Yeah, best movie of the year. How was The Fighter? Yeah, Not bad? Right. No, it was alright. 127 hours. Worth seeing? If you're into that sort of shit. <laughs> Social Network. Oh, Is yeah. Worth a watch? Facebook movie. Right. In a Better World? Oh, if you're into foreign <laughs> films. No, it was really good. Really good. Unknown? If, no, it was. Actually, it was more action action thriller. Do you like every... <laughs> every thriller. I like movies. Okay, no, look, they've each got their own place. Yeah, every, everything's still on. Actually, it's a really good time. This is probably going to be the best month for, for cinema at this Oh, no, look, I shit you not. And the cinemas Oscar. have got a $7 deal on the moment. You go online and you buy your tickets in advance. You pick how many you're going to need. So that's one, two, three, four, five, like seven or eight films you're going to need. And you pay seven bucks each for them. And they give you a code and you use it online, you book your ticket. There's no weird hang-ups about um, you can't use them at night time, you can't use them on Wednesdays. As long as you're not seeing Film Fest films, you can use them. Both Sylvia Park and the, the, the event cinemas yeah. have them. No, no 3D, no no gold class, none of that shit. But you know what what we mean. The normal $7 films, films, that's insane. Yeah, instead of sixteen fifty. And it started as a friends and family offer from event, which was then copied by Hoyts because so many people forwarded that shit. It was copied by Hoyts who were like, hey, <coughs> $7 here as well. So then event went, oh, I tell you what, everyone. Film's got you. If, oh, if, film. Event, because everyone goes to event because there's much more cinemas. I think Hoyts have got three in Auckland. Yeah, no offense. You might have to join the film squad. Which they want you to do anyway so they can send you emails Just a, about what's on. a game membership thing. It's easy, it's easy and it's quick. Seven bucks, you could see all of these Oscar-nominated films. Do you know what that means? You don't have to go to Ten Dollar Tuesday and line up with the masses. You go on Seven Dollar Friday night. Take and they're day. available. They they they're available for another couple of days to buy on the site. But they work for all of Feb in March. It sucks six weeks. Buy Seven Dollar. And you know what falls into March? What? Never Let Me Go. Battle Los Angeles. Oh yeah, Battle LA. Yeah. Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be some yeah. Yeah, like you should be buying. Saw Seven. Oh no. Without being ridiculous, we're probably going to buy 30 or 40. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be great. Yeah, no. Any of my debtors, we're not. No, okay. So, so yeah, all that, all that goodness is on. Fair Game is, is starting to fade, but it's still there. King's Speech, which we should watch King's Speech. Still there. Wagner and me still on. The Stephen Fry doco about, well, guess what, Wagner. Inside Job, the financial economical doco with, narrated by Matt Damon that people are saying is very, very good. It's still on. So that's like... Look, I just listed 11 great movies that are playing at the moment. Y'all should go and check that shit out. Also, I mentioned the other week about the redubbed films. That It's not like they're dubbed over like Hercules Returns. 
they're actually they've got all the live instrumentation there, the live voice actors and everything. So there's Carnival of Souls, which That's is part coming of the up Arts Fest. Fourth and fifth and twentieth for some reason of March. And Little Shop of Horrors at Rialto is the twelfth and thirteenth of March. So those are coming up as well. But I'll tell you what's not playing anymore. The Green Hornet, y'all missed it. The kids are alright, which I don't know if I, I went on about it enough the last time, but it's, it's really, really good, and you've missed it, so I don't know why I'm still saying that. Inception has also left the screens this week, Oscar-nominated Inception, which we managed to catch before it left the cinemas again. It, not, not it went catch. away and then came back. Yeah, because it's Oscars is up soon, and, and people obviously think it's going to do really well, which it is. Man, we saw it on the IMAX screens on a Sunday night. It was a special for 10 bucks. They'll probably repeat it um, for other films. True Grill on the big screen to be insane. Mm. How good a film is Inception? The soundtrack, the, the score, the that noise. It's getting a lot of hate, bro. Fuck him. I hate haters that hate Inception. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a Dr. Susie insane. I mean, that was... Um, yeah, how could you not love that film? It had everything. Do you think, has there ever been a more perfect cast than Take Out Titanic, but Kelly Murphy, Alan Page, JGL, Tom Hardy, Ken Watanabe, Tom Berenger... Pete Postlethwaite, oh, Lucas nice. Haas, did every character in there, sorry yeah. for whoever I left out except Leo, is oh, just brilliant. Every actor, sorry. Yeah, it really, it, it's such an incredible film. And such an exciting film. And such a fucking fun film. And such a cinematic film. Imaginative as, as all, it's action films and, and clever films and a bit of, um, oh, yeah, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. So it was really good to rewatch that. We also actually managed to cram in a rewatch of Black Swan, uh, which I just got to say, I want to apologize third time this week. When I said the other week that Black Swan, the score was nothing to write home about, watch it again. That thing is fucking cinematic. That score is huge. Operator. They've done the whole thing. They've scored the whole film as if you're watching a ballet. Uh, and it's just, it's genius. Oh, I love the rewatch. It was so good. You could follow the Descent into Madness right from the start. The anticipation of the of the cool scenes at the end was even more so, and thus the scenes were heightened. <laughs> I love the shit out of it. That last 20 minutes to the last five minutes, that quarter of an hour gap there, is some of the best stuff I've ever, ever seen on film, ever. It's so good. All parts of the cinema are working perfectly in stream to and in tune with my emotions at the time. The sound, the lighting, everything is up to max. It's full throttle the entire time. That, that 15 minutes mm. can't go about it enough it's worth seeing the entire film for fuck ballet oh man <laughs> so there we go we just, we just listed 17 films that are on at the moment Hold that up. are fucking awesome 25 films coming out this year that are going to smash it <laughs> Did it smash these? no smash smash the world right right right, right. <laughs> one more special thing Corey wanted to mention over at the Victoria Picture Palace at the moment about the fighter. Oh yeah, they're giving away a free Junebug DVD if you go and see it over there, which is so weird because don't DVDs cost more than that and Junebug, you seen it? No, but it was a breakout film for Amy Adams. Apparently it was incredible. Alright, so a mildly good DVD free if you go and see The Fighter, which is such a weird movie to pair it with. Unless... Wait, so I said incredible, you translated <laughs> that to the audience as mildly, what did you say? Good. <laughs> I mean, it's good in the mildest sense of the word, clearly. I didn't say bad in any way. I gave it a good. Yeah, but no, but I said incredible. No, you said you'd heard it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a Nigel review. It's a, oh yeah. So with all that nonsense on, next week we're thinking of doing, um, I've, I've got a couple at the Doco Fest. 
Darwin, about a small town of 35 and the quirkiness in that. Uh, I've got Steam of Life, which is described as naked Finnish men crying. Was it Finnish? Yeah, no, yeah something Norwegian like that. or something. That could be the big Finnish film we've been looking for. Could be, could be. Also, the Academy Awards on. We're planning to drink shitloads of beer in front of the mice guy. Um, and I'm going to try and talk Corey into either King's Speech, Conviction, Tamara Drew, or maybe we'll just fucking flag the whole thing and, and watch True, True Grit again. Yeah. <laughs> we got True Grit King's Speech double for 14 bucks. Did you hear that? $14 for the two greatest films. No, I sound like I work for a vet. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's Christchurch is suffering and Auckland is fucking ruling at the moment. Yeah, that's a bit of a tragedy. But on that downer, I'm Nige. Corey, see ya. Yeah.